changing experience. You know, it's not one of those things where you walk out and go, wow. But it's one of those things where you walk out and there's just this thing inside of you that wasn't there when you walked in that feels good. And it makes you kind of go, wow, you know, life could be simpler. And I might actually enjoy it more if it were. Anyway, next uh, this Friday and Saturday night and next Sunday afternoon, I, I, I encourage you to do that. Uh, well, now that you're comfortably seated, let's change and stand and read a few verses from Ephesians chapter 5. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And now I rebuke bondage, I rebuke fear, I rebuke those things that would blind our eyes and that would cause us to not be willing to move and not be willing to change. Lord, just bring your freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, Live as wise. Uh, I think most of you are aware of the fact that the, the chapters and verses, while they're extremely handy in, uh, in the Bible, were not part of the original text. And so sometimes um, what I feel like would be a, a section, a series, maybe doesn't necessarily end right on the chapter. Uh, and to me, this, this uh, section that we're in right now that is ending today, uh, really started back in chapter 4 at the very beginning where he, would talk, where he began to talk about the church and he began to talk about becoming mature and he began to talk about uh, living as children of light and speaking the truth in love and, and all of those things. N- next week actually begins a new section where he begins to talk about uh, marriage and the family and, and the home and things like that. Not that one is more important than the other, just a, just a, a different section. And ending this section is this admonition to live as wise. Beginning the section also began with an admonition about how to live. And it said to live a life that was, can anybody pull it up? Bless you, Mike Parker. Yeah, to be honest, if a, if a pastor came to me and said, tell me what I preached about two months ago, I don't even know what I preached about two months ago unless I look at it, you know. But yes, uh, live a life that is worthy. Now, and he ex- explained what a life worthy is with, with three explanations. He said, this is, this is what it is. Uh, he said, a life that is worthy is a life that's humble and gentle. A life that is patient, bearing with one another in love. A life where, where one makes every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
And those aren't really the things that we tend to think of when we think of a life that's worthy. Uh, we, t- we tend to think of, you know, going somewhere and doing something and, and changing something. Yeah. Uh, okay, those things are good, but this is a life that's worthy. You can change everything all around you. You can go everywhere and do everything. But if you aren't humble and gentle and you're not patient, bearing with one another in love, and you don't make every effort to keep the unity, the spirit of the mind of peace, you're falling short of a life that's worthy. Now, that's not what we're going to talk about today. I just felt like, you know, we probably needed to be reminded of that. This section ends by telling us to live a life not as unwise, but as wise And it also explains what that is. It says to make the most of every opportunity. Nobody bats a thousand, okay? When it it comes to life and its choices, nobody bats a thousand. Uh, But the more wisdom that we have, the more more we will make the most of the opportunities that we have. Now, wisdom and knowledge are two different things. Uh, Knowledge is, is knowing stuff, and wisdom is knowing what to do. Is knowing what the stuff means or what to do with the stuff. Or sometimes you don't even know anything. You just know what to do. Uh, so that's, that's, that's what wisdom is. Now think back on your life. And I suspect that most of you, all of you, except maybe the, the very young ones, will be able to look at points in your life where you go, man, I should have. You know, if I had just bought this, not that. You know, if I had just gone here, not there. For me, as I look back on my life, for the most part, it's, it's actually looking at the times that I just, I made bad choices and God covered me. Anyway, I'm just going, wow, so, so thankful for that. Uh, and wisdom is what you need to, to make those right choices, not just knowledge. I don't know if anybody else has ever done this, but I, I think about the fact that when, if I had known when I was 18, if I had known in 1968 what I know now, I, I'd be the richest man in the world. Actually, I'd probably be dead because I don't know, I, I don't know what I would have done with all that. I would have gotten into trouble. That's most likely what I've done with it. So wisdom enables us to make the most of every opportunity and every day opportunities comes up every new situation that comes around opportunities uh, come up however most of the time we don't we don't we're not we're not only not prepared for it we not only don't approach it with wisdom we resist it because opportunity always wears the same suit every time and that suit is called change. Always looks like change. And we don't, we don't tend to like changes. We, we resist change. We, 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 we fight things. Many people are uncomfortable with change. We, we fight change in order to remain in our comfortable and our stable patterns that we've got. Uh, and, and when that happens, it, life passes us by. Kodak used to be a huge honking company in this country and they slept through the digital transformation of photography and now they're just kind of hanging on uh tear all records anybody you know i mean that there are things that just pass away because they aren't willing to change the truth of the matter is that change is inevitable except in vending machines 
And, you know, even, even with God, God doesn't change, but he is infinite. And so you, there's always something new. There's always a, a new layer. There's always something to, to find out and, and something to learn about him. And, and everything else absolutely does change. And the only question is whether it's going to be changed for better or for worse. And every change is an opportunity. Last week, Barbie blew it out of the park. It was, it was really good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can go ahead. She's my second favorite. Well, I, I shouldn't go there, should I? Uh, but she really is talking about footholds and talking about strongholds and everything. And, and as I say, you know, Barbie, when she, when she preaches, I, just, I don't know why you, people don't do this for me. But, <laughs> but you, you know, Barbie says, you know, y'all come down here and cry and do some business with God. But the truth of the matter is, I want it to change, but I don't want to have to change for it to change. I don't, I don't want to have to quit doing any of the things that, that I'm doing. I'd just like to stand back and see you just do it. I could hold on. I could hold on to who I am and never let you change me from the inside. We sing it, but we just... It's just, it doesn't tend to sink in. God's plan for our lives involves change. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us that we are being conformed to the image of Christ. And I hope that none of you feel like that's already happened. Because it hasn't. It, it, is, a, it is a process of change that, that, we are, that we're involved in. When change comes, when came, don't struggle against it. Don't struggle against it. Don't fight against it as if this were some unexpected attack of the enemy. Well, something is changing. Oh, this must be the devil. Why? Why must it be the devil? Embrace the opportunity and be thankful for it. We are pilgrims passing through this world. We, we don't live here. This is not our residence. We don't, we don't, we don't set up residence here and go, I'm, I'm here. The scenery is always going to be changing. What, what, what is happening is, is always going to be changing. And a lot, of things, a lot of things have changed in our culture. A lot of things have changed for good. A lot of things have changed for bad. Say so a lot of things have changed for good. Oh, yeah, in my lifetime, a lot of things have changed for good. But a lot of things have changed for bad as, as, as well. And it, and it says here in this passage, the days are evil. And we have a tendency to go, yeah, you see there, the days are evil. He didn't write that this week. He wrote that 2,000 years ago. The clarion call is not to change the days. The, the clarion call is not to change the world. We're, we're more comfortable with the idea of, of bringing the message of we're going to change the world than with the, bringing the message of, hey, Nothing can save the world, but you can be saved. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's really what the message is. And the world has no part in building the kingdom of heaven. The world would like to say, well, hey, yeah, here, let me be a part of it. Can't be a part of it. it it's, it's, it's a totally, totally different thing. A lot of people freaked out. A lot of people freak out about change. Long, long time ago, a lot of people freaked out. Uh, in the church because somebody was out there saying that the world wasn't flat anymore. 
You know, the world's round now. What do you mean the world's round? God made it flat. You know, that's an attack on God. No, it's not an attack on God. It's an attack on ignorance. And they kill people, kill people over it. People freaked out because slaves were being set free. People freaked out because women were starting to vote and wear pants. People freaked out because Christians were buying television and, and watching them. And, and because electronic instruments were being brought into the church and, and drums. Those heathen rhythms. And they fought. They fought to turn back the clock to the good old days. One thing about a clock. I mean... Fall back, notwithstanding, the clock ain't going back. It always is going forward. It's always moving forward, and you can't stop it. You can't change it. Others looked at these changes and said, I may not totally understand them. I may not totally agree with them. But that's what, it is what it is. So how do I make the most of this opportunity? How do I make the most? How do I live as wise and make the most of what has come along? Before I get off of this, my, I, I just need to say my dad, my dad shocked me with his ability. I mean, they were old. And, and this just wasn't the way they did things. I can't see that happening. And yet it did. It did. And I'm going to tell you why it did here when we get to the end of this sermon. So how do you be wise? How do you make the most of every opportunity? Well, the Bible doesn't just leave us hanging out there and saying, well, make the most of every opportunity. It says, therefore, if you, to make the most of every opportunity, therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. That's how you... That's how you, every opportunity that you enter into, every change that you encounter, if you find the will of the Lord, you'll find wisdom. You'll, you'll, know, you'll know how to do that. There was, a, there was a movie that came out in the uh, uh, late 60s, early 70s, late 60s probably, uh, called The Lion in Winter. And it had, uh, had probably my favorite line from a movie ever. It was about uh, Henry II and his wife Eleanor and their children and, and one of the... One of the one of the sons is talking to Eleanor and they're planning, they're scheming. I don't remember what they're scheming about. Uh, but I just remember the line uh, that Jeffrey says to her, I know. You know I know. I know you know I know. We know Henry knows, and Henry knows that we know it. We are a knowledgeable family. The first thing that you have to do to find out the will of the Lord is understand you don't know. You don't know. Because we, we have a tendency to, to walk into, once we walk into a situation and go, hey, I know, I, I got this, we're sunk. We're sunk. I, I have a, uh, there a group of pastors that I meet with uh, once a month up in, up in Nashville. And they're not all pastors. Some of them are involved in missions and other work. One of them is a guy named Jeff Gregory. And, uh, this last week we were having lunch and he was telling me about a friend of his. Jeff goes to a bunch of different countries and does stuff. And this friend of his isn't a missionary. He's like a, a foodie. 
Food Network guy or something like that. And he actually does documentaries on food. And, uh, and he'd gone to, to Haiti, and uh, he, was, he was trying food. This, 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 this lady had a, a little, I don't know, it wasn't a hut, but I mean a small business there in, in Haiti. And uh, different kinds of food. And so he was trying uh, the foods and he had like 10 dishes lined up there. And, you know, he was taking a little bite out of each one and tasting it. And cameras were rolling. And, and, and he got to thinking, he went, you know, this is just, it's just wrong. I mean, here I am. I got all these dishes here. And, and all I'm doing is tasting. I'm not even hungry. And, and, a, and a small crowd had gathered around. And he said, and they don't have anything. I don't have anything at all. And so he decided, I need to give them this food. In fact, he said to the lady, he said, I'll buy it all. I'll buy, I'll buy everything that you've got, and we're going to feed these people. What a wonderful thing. Until the riot started. And people began to pour in from all around the town, and people were getting hurt, and people were getting injured. Uh, a, a lot of the food was actually being wasted because it was, it was falling to the ground. And, and they destroyed the business. We don't know. We, we don't know. We, we just, we, we think that we know. Now, there are static things that we can learn uh, about the Lord's will by simply reading the Bible. Uh, the and we do. We need, we need to do that because we certainly learn things from there. The, the, the problem that happens there is we have a tendency, there's so many things that, uh, that the Bible tells us, we have a tendency to pick out the ones that we really like and embrace those. And, and the ones that we don't think are very important, we just, we just kind of shove to the side. Uh, one, of, one of the things that could not possibly be any clearer, clearer is, is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, if you go, well, what is God's will for my life? I don't know where he wants you to move. I don't know where he wants you to work. I don't know who he wants you to marry. I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know. But I know he wants you to rejoice always and talk to him about everything. And I know that he wants you to give thanks in all circumstances. You doing that yet? You know, we, we have a tendency to go, well, okay, that. But what is God's will? And, and beyond that, most of life is not static. Most of life is dynamic. Most of, most of life and most of life's situations is dynamic. So how do we discover what the, uh, the Lord's will is? In face of such dynamics, because you might have a situation where the Lord's will is, is made known to you, and then we have a tendency to go, the next time we face a similar situation, maybe even one so similar to look identical, we, we, we have a tendency to go, oh, I know what the Lord's will is here. No, you don't. No, you don't. You know what it was there, but you don't necessarily know what it is here. So how do you find that out? Well, once again, the Bible doesn't leave us hanging. Here it is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That's how you know. Now, when I was a, when I was a kid, when I was growing up, uh, I grew up with the understanding that this verse was about not drinking wine. But, of course, that's not what it's about. 
Uh, in fact, that's not even what it says. Um, I, uh, I, you know, Jesus drank wine, and like I say, that's not, that's not what it says. They, it says this. It says, uh, well, let's see. Actually, I, I, I did that too quickly. Can I? I came back. It says, don't get drunk, but be filled with the Spirit. That's what it says. And I know, you know, I, I know that he, that he uh, but if we limit the possibility of getting drunk to just wine, and, you know, it doesn't say anything about whiskey or beer, but I mean, if we limit the possibility of getting drunk to just wine, then we take the power out of this verse. I mean, those things, you can get drunk on those things. There's a lot of other stuff you can get drunk on, too. Don't, don't get drunk on ambition. Don't get drunk on power. Don't get drunk on sex. Don't get drunk on money. Don't get drunk on entertainment. Don't be filled with the Spirit. That's what he's saying. And I actually like the the King James translation better here uh, because it says, uh, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to excess. I mean, does anybody actually know what debauchery means? I mean, if somebody walked up to you on the street and said, define debauchery. What? I'm sure that was good, but you're probably not going to repeat it, right? Uh, uh, well, but, but excess, and, that, and really what debauchery is, is it's, it's excessive indulgence in, in the carnal. Excessive indulgence in, in, in the carnal things. So, so don't do that, but, but, but be filled with the Spirit. And even don't get, don't get drunk on knowledge. So the, the alternative not to just alcohol, but the alternative to getting drunk on everything that the world has to offer is to be filled with the Spirit. Well, how do you do that? And what, what, what is that all about? I grew up thinking that uh, the important thing about being filled with the Spirit was power. You shall receive power after, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So you need to be filled with the Spirit so you can you know, go out there and, and power. Uh, and, and, uh, and then the gifts, you know, tongues and, and miracles and uh, um, healing and, and prophecy. And, and those things are good. And quite frankly, if you need a miracle, you need a miracle. You know, if you, if you, need, if you need a healing, you need a healing. So the, the only way, the only way that the, the thoughts of God can be revealed to you are through the Holy Spirit. Say, so, well, you know, I, I, I can read the Bible and reveal the thoughts God saw. It will if the Holy Spirit is inspiring you as you read. Otherwise, you'll read and, and it'll just, you miss it. The, the Holy Ghost has to be involved to reveal the will of the Lord in 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 a situation and in our lives. So how do you get filled with the Spirit? Well, you ask. You ask. Uh, Jesus said, and Luke, if you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? We receive the Holy Spirit. Well, let me see. How do I, what, what, what is the order I want to bring this? First of all, let me say, most of the time in Christendom, when people are brought to the faith, nobody ever says, you need to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And yet it is such an essential part of walking out the Christian life. So we come to the faith and we never go, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And we just start walking it, walking it out in the flesh. And we get 10 years in or 20 years in and we go, I don't get it. I don't get that. Why, why does somebody think he gets sweeter every day? He didn't get sweeter every day with me. Well, it's, it's because it's because there's an ingredient missing. Now, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit's there. I mean, you, you have to have the Holy Spirit to get saved. Uh, Paul says over in Romans that if someone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. But do we understand that there is a difference between having some and being filled Have you ever run out of gas? You've never run out of gas with a full tank. You know, if you get in your car and you got a a 16th of a a, a tank left and you're going to to Atlanta, you're not going to get there. But if your tank's full, unless you just got one of those crazy cars, yeah, you'll be able able to make it down there at at that point in time. But I think the one place where we really missed it was we kind of treated that as a one-and-off deal. Kind of treated it as being filled with the Spirit is something that happened to me at this point in history, at this place in time. And, and, the, and what, what the sense of this is, is not, you know, hey, be sure you got this ticket punched. Uh, what, the sense of, what the sense of it is, is keep on being filled with the Spirit. That, that's what it is, and that's why he goes on to say part of the same sentence, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music in your hearts from the Lord. Music's a powerful thing. It really is. And it doesn't have to be good to be powerful. I mean, the, the English um, um, made uh, bagpipes illegal in, uh, after the Battle of Culloden. And uh, because bad types were, were so frightening, and they still are. You know, be, be careful what you feed your spirit, um, but that's not where I want to go with this. Uh, I, and I'm not one of those people who go, you should only listen to Christian music. Uh, I, there's a bunch of kinds of music that I like to listen to. But what a difference it makes when you, what's in your heart and what you're cultivating in your heart. It doesn't have to be good. If you, if you go through the day and, and what is being cultivated in your heart is what you saw in the news or what you know some, some, some idiot radio commentator is trying to say whose job it is to make you upset. You know, if, if, that, if that's what's there, then you're going to have a very different life than if you go through the day with even the most simple, the goofiest, silliest little worship tune from the 70s in my, stuck in my head. And... You know, you can, at that point in time, you can kind of go, get out of here. Or you can just give in to it. And I just gave in to it. Yeah, I'm going to sing it for you, but you ain't going to like it necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was just, it's just a goofy little tune that we used to sing, but it, it, it had truth in it. I want to be filled with the Spirit. want to be useful and free. But I can't be filled with the Spirit. Till I'm empty of me. So pick me up, take my cap off, Lord, and turn me upside down. Take your hand and whack my... <laughs> Things change inside of you. When you, when you got the... You, you know, you don't, 
you don't have to be, you don't have to be good at, at singing. I, I, two of my, two of my, I said I was my favorite pastor. I'm really preacher. I'm really not. Uh, uh, Kenneth Ware and Phil Nelson. Probably I like both of those better. Neither one of those guys can sing. But Phil, and he knows he can't sing. But bless his heart, he just gets so touched by the Lord and his teaching, and he just can't help himself. And so he, Phil takes the concept of off-key to a whole new dimension. <laughs> but he'll start singing, and, and, and that hand will go up, and those tears will just be flowing down, and, and I'll just go, boy, that's awful. <laughs> but I really want to go there where he is. I really want to be where he is right now. Kenneth Ware, I, I told you about, I mean, I've mentioned Kenneth Ware before. When he would get up to speak, if the Lord didn't give him anything, he'd just not say anything. Just kind of sit there and wait. But, you know, and, and this is oh, it's, it's so, I love the dynamics in the Christian life. We're waiting upon the Lord, but this is strange and this has never happened before. This is something new and waiting all, change and, and waiting all at the same time with Kenneth Ware. But he, he'd just sit there and, and if he didn't get anything at all, he would start to do something roughly approximating singing. And if you, if you, if you knew who he was, if you knew what it was about, you might pick up on it fairly soon. If you didn't, it took a while before you went, oh, that's a song. And then that was only if it was one that you knew very well at the time. And one of two things would happen. Either that song would grow and the Holy Ghost would just come down, or he'd end the song and the Holy Ghost had given him something. Making the most of every opportunity. Knowing what the Lord's will is. Being filled with the Spirit. We need to have Christ as the focal point of our fellowship. And, yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about football, we talk about movies, we talk about video games and hunting and money and politics. And, and, and it's okay, you can talk about those things. I mean, but so often they consume. They consume our conversation. They consume our time together. Uh, there, was, there was a time, boy, good old days, okay? But, but the Lord brings these things back. There was a time... Uh, in in the, uh, every fellowship that I attended, you, you couldn't really have a conversation without, at some point in time, somebody going, let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what Jesus has done in my life. Let, uh, what, what's he did, doing in your life? Let me tell you what, what I read in the scriptures the other day. Let me tell you what God's saying to me. You know, you didn't have to go around the room and go, what is God saying to you? Anybody? I, I, you didn't even have to ask. It's just coming out. And the way that he has made the center, 
is because the one who reveals Him, the one who reveals Christ to us, the one who leads us to Him, is the Holy Spirit. And we've entered into a a season, if you will, church-wide. And I'm not talking about Springhouse. I'm talking about church-wide. We've entered into a season where we don't go, hey, now that you know the Lord, you know what you need to do? Ask for the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Ask for the Holy Ghost to be full and deep and rich in your life. And then cultivate that every day. You know, I said, my dad, it, it, it just blew me away that he was able to embrace the changes that came about in this life. I mean, he, he, even that. You know, even that. Even, even this. You know, child of the depression. That he, my dad was born in 1916. You know, he, he, was, he was a teenager when the depression hit. Talk about formative years. And he never did, he never did acclimate to cell phones. He, he, never, he never was able to, 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 to get in the, you know, my dad, I see, my dad died in 2008, and it was still, when I would come over, uh, you want to move him rabbit ears just a little bit to that, that way so we can get a little bit clearer picture here? Yeah, I'll do that, Dad. You know, there's a better way to do that. No, just move that rabbit ears. You know. Never could do that. But the things that mattered, the things that were important to the life of the, of the fellowship, to the life of the church, the things that were important to the kingdom of God, he grasped those. He was able to make the most of every opportunity. And the reason why is because it was foundational and so important in his life. I need the Holy Ghost. I need to be filled with the Spirit. I, I, I need to hear something from you today, God. That's basically all that I have to say. Would you stand with me? And, and those who uh, are going to pray with people, if they'll come forward. In the first service, I, uh, I said, you know, I know that there are needs. I know that there are other needs that people have that, that they brought here today, and we certainly want to pray for them. But if you have never, if you've never gone, God, I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, yeah, you don't have to come down here to do that. Yeah, you can do it in your seat. You can do it at home. You can, uh, yeah, you can, you can, you can, you can. But that's not the same thing as I did. And so I said, you know, all of these brothers and sisters here have been filled with the Holy Spirit. They, they'd love, you, you might even have a question about it. You might go, well, I'm not sure. What is he talking about? Uh, you know, or help me here. All, all of these brothers and sisters can help you. I, I said that in the first service. So I said, you know, come down and just, and just ask. Just go, God, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and then we, we went into, into worship. And man, there was a, uh, there was a, just a resistance, a palpable resistance and spirit of, of, of fear and apathy that just settled. This is important, guys. I mean, you know, nobody's going to look at you and go, oh, well, look at him. He wasn't filled with a... 
You got to fight. You got to fight, baby. You want to live? You got to fight. And if this is something you need, you know, don't just sit there and go, well, I can one of these days. Fight. Come. Ask for the fullness of the Spirit. And if, 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 that, if you're not in need of that or any of another need that you brought, worship, worship, worship with us.